stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm joined by Zach's podcast producer, Danny McPherson, to discuss a hot topic, which is gaming. How can you invest in it? What's going on with the gaming innovation right now? And Danny is my producer. I've mentioned him, I'm sure, on many episodes. <laughs> I think I've been around a few times. You have. And he's been on a couple times, so he's not a newbie on the show. Usually I have him on for millennial type of shows, I feel, <laughs> like how to invest and all of that. But today he's joining me for gaming because after one of the podcasts, we got into discussion about gaming and suddenly it came up that he knows all this stuff about gaming. And as many of you know... I do not. I'm, not. I'm not a gamer. I get attacked on stock twits. Oh, Tracy, you're not a gamer person. You have no idea what's going on in the industry. You don't use the product, all that stuff, which is true. I'm not sitting there on the Xbox at all. I've never had one. I don't have any consoles. I've never played any of the games. Way back in the day, I used to play games on PCs. But now with all this, you know, the modern gaming, no, I do not. It's hard to keep up too. It is. And but this is why I have Danny on here because he does. And it turned out he was listening in on the E3 presentation, right? For the recent video gaming conference. Yeah, I stuck around for a, a lot of it, but uh, I kind of focused most, mostly on the Microsoft uh, yeah. during the weekend. Their last big weekend. presentation. Yep. So for those of you who don't know, the E3 is a big deal in video gaming now. And it's put on by, I've, I found this out, the Entertainment Software Association puts it on. But it's like the Comic-Con for video gaming, basically. Mm-hmm. And now it almost felt like it this year because of this big presentation by Microsoft where they're like announcing all these new products and things. And then they even brought Keanu Reeves yeah, out on the stage. Yeah. So they did have a celebrity there. It was almost like a movie thing like mm-hmm. you get at Comic-Con, but this was for video game because he's going to be in a video game, right? Isn't that yeah, what it is? Cyberpunk 2077, it's okay. called. <laughs> it looks cool. It, it was kind of, I think it was the big hit of the whole E3 conference. So okay, wow. Applause. Them, yeah. Know, so, so yeah. So, video gaming is is the next, or it has been a big thing, and it's a big hundred billion dollar a year industry. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to take a look at what was going on with these companies because some of the biggest names in technology are basically in this space. And you kind of always were like, oh, that's nice that, you know, Microsoft, oh, they own Xbox. How quaint. Mm-hmm. And then the same with Sony, oh, PlayStation. All right. And now even with Google, because now they're getting into this space, oh, who cares? Google, fine. But they're shaking it up. Yeah, they they definitely are applying their innovation and their disruptor kind of status, even though they're old, bigger, older players (laughs) now into this industry. And obviously they have the money to be innovative and try to shake things up. So I wanted to talk, you know, about like what's going on with everybody. And the key was Microsoft, I feel, at at this E3, they took the spotlight, especially with this announcement of this Project Scarlet, as it was called. I like how they have all these like secretive names and stuff for it. Yeah, I'm curious if they're going to keep that or if it's just kind of their 
unveiling name where they're like, this is what it will be called in a year. Right. I don't know. Maybe they'll just call it Scarlet instead of Project. I think it'll be a weird branding idea for Xbox to completely change the name of their console. So that's why I think a lot of people are wondering if that's the name or if they're just kind of having fun with it. I don't know. So this is the successor to Xbox One. It's not, unfortunately, going to be out this holiday season. No, no, you have to wait a year. It's going to be 2020. But um, this had a lot of uh, people buzzing because people want the new consoles. They still do, despite what I just said about how things are changing. <laughs> oh, yeah, They but, do want the updated consoles. Yeah, well, that console is going to be, in my mind, very innovative because... It's going to compete with a bunch of people's custom-built computers that cost them thousands of dollars. Okay. And now they're putting 4K resolution into 60 frames per second, which is astronomic. I mean, people pay $3,000 for custom rigs for that. Wow. And they're going to throw it into, if they keep the price point at the five dollars $600 range, that's a steal. Um, I mean, the way gaming is going and if they're going to be able to pull that off... I'll kind of see it when I believe it type idea because it's hard to believe that they'll be able to do it. But with all their partnerships and AMD and everything, it's it's one of those things that gets a lot of people buzzing and excited. So the announcement was good, but we okay. Is that the they didn't announce the price point yet though officially, right? No, these are just the rumors going around out there. Yeah, usually they keep it between the four to six. Okay, I don't believe it's gone any higher than that. There may have been like special editions of the consoles, but nothing like uh, original ones that have gone more than that. Okay, Um, so yeah, that was a big issue. Sony. Um, ticker SNE for that one wasn't at this year's E3. They basically also pre-announced like, oh, we're not going to that because they didn't have like a product announcement like this. And it is a show now. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) you better got to bring your A game if you're going to show up. So they decided not to show up. Um, But they too are going to be rolling out what appears to be their new console, the PlayStation 5. It's kind of tentatively being called right Mm -hmm. now. And that will be also 2020, I believe, too. Mm-hmm. So they are going to be going head-to-head with their new consoles. That could be super exciting. It'll be fun to see, but um, I don't know if you're going to mention, but the the partnership they've got going kind of makes people question, right. is there going to be a huge, I guess, battle between consoles? Are you a PlayStation or Xbox person? Will it even really matter anymore? Is I don't know. the exclusivity of video games going to be a thing? So um, I don't know. At the Sony Investor Day that they had in May, I believe it was, they basically talked about every one of their segments, movies, music, now the gaming, but they were tight-lipped on on anything about the Microsoft partnership, even though it had been announced, basically. But they won't say what it really is. So they released a press release that was very vague, and I, I don't know if I'm correct to this date, but when I read it, it was saying that it was basically a mutual handshake agreement that they signed. It was nothing right. like anybody could just pull out and say, well, ah, this isn't going to work out. So it it but is the, a very, you know, closed door type of thing. Right. Nobody has any idea what's going on. But to hear those two companies say they're going to be working and partnering yeah. together, is, it just kind of makes your head kind of turn a little bit and go, right. well, what's the next three years going to be for us then in gaming? Because these two are the ones who were kind of going head to head. Right. And competing. Right. For those who don't know, they are like the mortal enemies. It's like, you know, the Empire and the Republic, basically. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) With with each one like switching roles, basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So not putting one into the one and one into the other. But yeah, so now they've 
they've announced this partnership. So we'll see what develops from that or what kind of innovation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. It may not. Um, So Sony has 96 million customers for PlayStation 4 now. So it's a big player in, in there. Yeah. And but Microsoft had made some other announcements also at E3. So one of the big ones that I felt like got a lot of publicity was this streaming that will begin starting in October 2019 from Xbox One to like your phone or, you know, some other device Mm -hmm. within your universe. That seems kind of groundbreaking, too. Is it it or no? Yeah, it's going to be. Well, it's starting to get into the realm where will you need a huge gaming computer? Will you need that $700 console? I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. And again, these people are very smart. They're not going to put out, you know, a console and then this cloud streaming at the same time. So it's it's them building the blocks for the future. Right. And. It is something that it's it's kind of like in my mind blockchain and five G data transfer. It's it's going to change the way gaming is done in the next ten years. Yeah, I feel like, and again, I'm a novice at this stuff, so just from looking around and reading about what's going on, but it feels like right now, you know, you you would think like, oh, why can't they just stream everything like they're doing on Netflix and you know Amazon Prime? But it feels like broadband isn't doesn't have the capabilities to stream the games and and the data is expensive. Like whatever your internet connection is, you might you might end up paying like two hundred or three hundred bucks a month just to stream that amount of data. And it's a little bit more complicated uh, than just watching a movie and have it streamed to your TV. These video games have very interactive interfaces for people it changes depending on how the player interacts with the game right so it's for that type of data transfer and interaction through a server with zero latency and getting all this it's it's a lot so it's something where yeah they're gonna have it available how good will it be when it first comes out it's kind of wishy-washy so yeah it's exciting to hear all what they're saying you know the 60 frames the 4k you're gonna you won't have to download anything and it's awesome, but I think it's going to take a while for people to kind of be able to use it to what they are describing it as. Right. So I that, think these consoles and computers will be relevant, but yes. um, it's going to In be something that I'm going to jump on the wagon and I'm going to have some fun with it to see kind of how it, it it's working. Um, because yeah. there, there are somewhat... Um, I wouldn't say streaming services, but they have um, – we, we talked about it very briefly, but um, before the podcast, it's called Shadow. Okay. And what they do is they offer you to download the game, but then use their cloud service to play it. So you don't have to go buy an expensive computer. You don't have to go buy an Xbox console or anything. You can just enjoy the game through their service through um, – I think that it's what it is. They're describing it as a data server that has all the hardware, like the graphics cards, the okay. processors, all that stuff. So, what do they that, charge? Do you know? It's is it monthly? It's expensive, but okay. what does that of, mean? Uh, so, do you know? Yeah, it's <laughs> I do. It's uh, twenty five dollars per month if Ooh. you do it annually. So if you do like okay. an annual subscription, kind of like Amazon does, yeah, or it's thirty five dollars month to month. Ooh. So it is up there. But again, you don't have to go but, buy a computer. Right, you're you not buying have, the hardware stuff. Right. So there are kind of cloud service um, gaming that is available today 
that you can definitely take advantage of and, and, and use. But I think the, the ones that are rolling out in the next few years are going to be very beta. Okay. I guess that, by the way, the streaming from Xbox to your phone is called Project X Cloud. Mm -hmm. just so everyone knows that that's what we were talking about. Another thing from Microsoft is their subscription service that they're rolling out. So this is their Game Pass Mm-hmm. that you can do onto the PC. So they have 3,500 games available under this program. And they have another 1,900 apparently in development for that. That sounds like a lot of content. And I don't remember, maybe I didn't write down what they are charging per month for that. It wasn't that expensive though, I don't think, was it? Right now they rolled it out at a dollar for the, like their oh. kind of... I don't, I don't know if that was really just cheap. for the... So it was, yeah, it was... So when they announced it on, I, was it Saturday or... Yeah. Um, it was for a dollar. I don't know how long that was for the next couple of days or whatever. It was a promotion for E3. But then okay. it goes up to five bucks a month. Okay, that's not so um, bad. And basically it just gives you access to play specific games that they've chosen for a PC. So now you can play with your friends on the Xbox through the PC. Um, but again, there's only limited numbers of games that are available and they're, okay. they're slowly rolling out more and more. Um, I signed up for it. It looks interesting. Um, I don't know that I'll continue it because once you kind of get into it, it looks very, not very exciting. If okay. That is a nicer way of putting it. <laughs> Maybe it's for like more novice gamers than the hardcore. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure because there's a bunch of stores out there like this. Uh, PlayStation has their own store. Yeah, I was going to say. There's, uh, Steam is the big, huge one for play, or, uh, PC players. Okay. Um, it's basically just a hub. You go on and you download all your games, and that's where they live. Okay. Um, a lot of the um, just game developers themselves have their own hubs. Uh, like Blizzard, they have Battle.net where you go download their games like StarCraft and Okay. World of Warcraft, there's um, Origin, who is run by uh, EA Sports, or just EA, I'm sorry, Electronic Arts. Okay. Um, and they have, like, uh, Battlefield and this new game called Apex Legends. So I, I'm I'm struggling to see the benefit. I, I, I can see I, them, like, connecting everybody and, like, oh, you can play on your computer and your Xbox. But yeah. uh, I just feel like that's kind of been available um, for a while okay. now. I see that PlayStation now has 750 games in their package, and it costs 900 or 999.99 a year, or 19.99 a month if you do monthly. Um, so, but they don't have that many people in that either. So they have 96 million in the other huge PlayStation subscription thing, and then they they have like less than a million in that. Yeah. So it doesn't seem as popular either. I don't. I just don't think it's a huge draw for people. Okay. Um, now I know, I know crossplay is a big thing for people who want to play between different consoles or on uh, their PCs. But I, from what I read, it's a lot of back end work for these developers to create something like that for these games. So okay. Um, even if they gave that kind of accessibility between platforms, will developers create it at the end of the day because right it, it kind it of comes down to them falls on the people who are making the game the yeah. console is one part but so now what about google's uh foray into gaming now they announced the stadia program it'll launch in november 2019 so this will only host 28 games and they will most will be released on the consoles or the pcs as well 
but you don't need a console to do this. You can just stream this too on a like not great internet connection. Apparently, is what they're saying. It's yeah, going it to like cost fifteen megabytes or something. Upload, yeah, something it's going to cost ten dollars a month. But a lot of people were kind of into it, and then Microsoft had its big announcement with everything, yeah. and then they're kind of like, "Meh, what do we care about Google? Twenty eight games is like nothing. Most of them are available somewhere else." Yeah. So what do you and, think about Google in this space? Do they have any shot at doing anything here? I think the big thing with um, streaming and gaming right now is do you have the infrastructure to scale? Okay. Because you need data centers and you need to be able to reach the world. Yeah. Right? There's not just the United States playing games. There's literally the world of billions of people playing. Uh, right. I think people are on mobile. It's like uh, 10 million or I don't know. It's stupid numbers. Yeah. Um. But for for Google to step in, I think, was kind of a maybe in a sense a no-brainer because their whole service is becoming more data centers and kind of not moving away from advertising, but they're getting a huge right. revenue source from that stuff. So I think it was a no-brainer and a good idea how they'll – Execute? I don't know. Right. <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of people we'll are see. questioning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, the gaming is limited, 28 games. Um, so we'll see. I mean, okay. it's, it's them trying to compete. I don't know. Well, it's funny because is Microsoft and Sony trying to compete with Google or is Google trying to compete with Microsoft and Sony? I don't know. So because it's, it's all very brand new. And, right. Isn't content key king in this situation, much like it is for Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu, any kind of streaming service? Absolutely. It's going to be the same I in mean, gaming. Whoever has the hot games. Right. I guess with the Google, the Stadia, there's no exclusive game only on it. Nope. Which and is a downer to me. I'm not even a gamer, so why would I go on there? Well, it is, or it used to be, baby, because exclusivity for gaming used to be what stood, you know, the consoles apart. Right. You know, uh, you could Xbox only get it. had uh, Halo, and that was the only reason people wanted to get an Xbox. You yeah. had to have the Halo. Uh, I wasn't a PlayStation guy. I don't really know too much about what games you guys <laughs> played. Uh, but there was that exclusivity. There was, yeah. um, you know, you had to have an Xbox because of this, or you had to have a PlayStation because of that. But now, now is everything is on everything now. It's starting that way. Okay. Um, Games have started to become, like I said, cross-play between different consoles. Again, it's up to the developers. Um, for example, there's a with the Microsoft announcement, they announced they're putting their Halo franchise on the PC, which is a big thing for them because it was only on Xbox for the past how many years yeah. since it was created. So um, I don't know that that will be the defining trait for these guys going through streaming. Okay. I think opening up the door a little bit. Um, but I think, yes, content will still play a key because you're going to have competitors. You're going to have to live somewhere and you'll have to choose between who, you know, you want your game to be on, whether it be on Xbox or yeah. through Microsoft or whoever that is. So, Okay. Um, so this leads us to another discussion about GameStop then, since all we've been talking <laughs> about is the streaming, the cloud, getting the games, downloading, blah, blah, blah. Where does this leave GameStop, which, again, for those who don't know, is the biggest gaming retailer? Like when you used to buy a game in the box still, many times you went to GameStop to mm -hmm. get it. Or I've ordered them for my nephews on for Christmas, right, you know, yeah. online and had it shipped. 
So their sales are way down. I took a look at this last quarter. Hardware sales are down 35% now, but in their defense, everyone knows the new consoles are coming out and it's kind of like when a new car gets rolled out or a new phone, you wait to buy the new one. You don't buy another one of the old ones, basically. So now everyone's going to wait. So the hardware sales are going to be abysmal going forward until the new ones roll out. But used software sales were also down 20%. And that kind of used to be their bread and butter area because you'd go in and, you know, buy the used games Mm -hmm. there. And um, the only area that was good was collectible sales, which were up 11%. And those actually had rising margins, apparently. And that's kind of playing on what we saw at E3. The fandom is still there with all these games, but people are buying like the Funko um, products from like the Fortnite license that they have. And they're like, you know, the little toys, little figures and stuff from the games. So that was up 11%. But you really can't run like a retail chain no. with thousands of stores that's supposed to be selling the physical games and the consoles if if no one is buying that stuff anymore. Right. It was like Blockbuster. They couldn't survive off their candy sales and stuff right. while people were waiting right. in line because right. that's what you do. You got the movie and then you get some snacks. Right, you get but, the popcorn or whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate to see, but, you know, it's uh, so, the way the digital world's going right now with the way how people are buying stuff. Yeah, so. but I got a lot of... Uh, Attacks, I should say, on stock twits about GameStop whenever I say, like, no, it's doomed. Like, they did cut their dividend now. That was kind of the one thing that was keeping a lot of people in it. They finally cut that. And they said same store sales expect to be down 5 to 10% for the year now. But um, people on there are like, well, where do you think I'm going to be able to sell my used games and all of that? And I don't know, since again, I'm not a gamer, I'm not buying and selling the used games, but there must be somewhere else you could do it, right? Other than just GameStop. I mean... Could you do it? Are people doing it on an eBay or is there some other yeah, platform? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, you could always revert to the third party selling on the internet, which well, yeah. plenty of people are doing. Right. Um I don't know. It's uh, maybe it's funny someone that should you say start who, the site. It's funny attention that you, coders out yeah. there. <laughs> maybe we need a site that's just on. about the used games. Because I did, I was doing some research on this, and the game, the the publishers, the physical games are still at least fifty percent of the sales from the publishers from yeah. Electronic and that Arts and those me. guys. Yeah, I would want to know the demographic of the people who are I don't buying know. those. But they say a lot of people like giving it as a gift. And that kind of thing in the physical form more than like, for instance, my nephews, they, I have bought them the physical games before, but mm-hmm. in recent years, they were like, just get me an Xbox card. Yeah. You know? yep. <laughs> I've gotten that too. They're just like, why are you giving me this? I'm right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <So> open. <laughs> right. See, like, so I, I kind of feel bad. Like, well, I'm just giving them like some kind of, you know, gift card thing, even though it is what they want. Mm-hmm. But I do like buying the physical game more for them. But people like me are going to phase out, I'm sure. But there's a downside. So now you have a physical copy. You still have to download everything. That's the thing. I I don't understand how that works. So, for example, when I uh, recently purchased the Red Dead Redemption game that was a huge hit, I was debating do I want to get a physical copy or the digital. And I did some research and there's literally no benefit to buying a physical copy. Okay. So I thought, why do I want to run out to the store, buy right. the copy, or and or buy it online and wait for it to come when I could just go on the store, buy it and download it immediately. Right. Instant gratification. Who doesn't like that? Unless you're going to resell it or something, right? Mm. I guess. I just don't feel the 
that the community of gaming is looking to resell games okay. in general. Okay. I never really did. Uh, even as a kid, I still have all my old games and stuff. Okay. I don't know if it's just a certain type of person who wants to get the game and get more money out of it. But yeah. even when you go to GameStop, you're getting $2, $5 from a game. So right, right. I feel like it's more of an insult sometimes okay. when, <laughs> when you resell games. But um, yeah, I mean, from my experience, when I've seen people resell stuff on like online and other avenues other than GameStop, they're selling like bundles. They're okay. going, here's like 10 games like, yeah. from my PlayStation 2 or right. whatever it may be. So, Okay. Well, obviously the um, big console makers, Sony and Microsoft, are rolling out these new consoles where you can use the physical game still in this version. Apparently, we don't know for sure what they'll look like, but mm -hmm. I'm... Almost everyone, all the analysts believe that they will still handle all the physical games. So it seems like we're still a couple of years away from... More than a couple. Yeah, yeah. from mean, them totally going away. I mean, after all, we're still, you know, using CDs and records, for goodness sakes. I so, know I am. Yeah, I know, <laughs> me too. So those things are still out there. So the physical games will be around. So GameStop, presumably if they can survive, will try to survive they'll, in some other way. They'll need to downsize and yeah. kind of restructure a little bit, but they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, it'll be something where it'll take at least another 10 years, I would say, okay. for physical games to go completely away. Right. Kind of like how we are now. Like nobody really does DVDs too much. They're, right. they're on iTunes or on Amazon buying and renting. And It's true. Yeah. No one's really going to Redbox too much. Kind right. of curious how they're doing. <laughs> I don't know. I still see them all over. I once but in you a know blue why? moon will stop by and look I know. And, and get one. So I know. It's... But you know why that is? Because a lot of the streaming services don't have it like right away to stream. Right. You can only get it right and away in the physical. So maybe this will happen in gaming some weird way too. Where well, they'll find that kind of niche. You yeah. Know, they'll fit in because Redbox is still cheaper. You go on Amazon right. for the new movies. I think it's still like five, six bucks to rent them. Right. When I can go to the Redbox for a dollar. So yeah. there's still benefits to these smaller services. I think everybody has a niche. Right. So they'll find their way out. I just think that they need to kind of feel it out, in okay. my opinion. Okay. But, well, we'll see. I'm still staying away from GameStop because I would, ultimately I feel like that's not the area to be in if you're interested in gaming. Yeah, I will as well. But, yeah. um, but we'll look, see. Yeah. But look at some of these others. I mean, we just talked about a lot of people who are trying to disrupt big the names. industry. Yeah, big name ones. And let me recap like what those stock tickers are for some of you who are interested. Um, so we had, well, GameStop is GME. But um, as we said, that's like going the wrong way, basically. And then we had Microsoft, which is the big kahuna somewhat now. MSFT is that ticker. Sony is SNE. And uh, Alphabet, G-O-O-G-L. And I own that one in my own personal portfolio. Um, Funko, if you're interested in the collectible side, I bought it after they started with that Fortnite license because it is really hot. Plus, I like all their other weird collectibles yeah, on all popular culture. That ticker is FNKO if you're interested in that angle of it. And then Electronic Arts is EA, I believe, and Activision, Activision Blizzard is ATVI. A lot of those 
for the actual gaming publishers, mm-hmm. those stocks will go up and down based on if they're going to have a new huge, you know, new game launch yep. and so, that kind of thing. Uh, just as a side note, since you did mention that Blizzard will be coming out, I think in August with another big rendition of their World of Warcraft. Okay. Um, so you might want to watch that stock. I'm not too sure on how they react okay. with those type of releases, but yeah. that is a huge release for their company. So Okay. Well, that's good to know. And for those of you who are wondering about Fortnite, it's not actually published by a company that's public. So the only way to really get into that Fortnite craziness was like through Funko. And Tencent. Um, oh, they, they own, own 40% part of it now? Okay. Yeah, they, they owned 40% back when they were developing oh, okay. the company. So they it. invested into there. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's another way to play it. T-C-E-H-Y is that ticker if you're interested in trying to get it. But is Fortnite done now? No. It's... No, it's still out there? Will they roll out new versions of Fortnite? Will that happen? They're still doing it. Um, okay. I think they do weekly updates. Wow. And uh, they're on the season nine, and I don't wow. see them stopping anytime okay. soon. So, they're a behemoth. So hot. Yeah. Well, they, uh, for this year, they promised $100 million in tournament money. Wow. And I think they've only reached, I, I'm taking a guess, like 40, 40 million maybe. So Okay. They've got a lot of money to throw out right wow. now. So I think the competitive and esports type stuff will be very relevant for the next few years. Okay. Well, I'll know what's happening if I suddenly come into the podcast studio and Danny's missing. <laughs> he's he's off at the tournament. Um, um, I hope that happens. Uh, but yeah, like, so a lot is going on in the gaming and you don't want to miss a single thing. This is my first podcast on gaming. So thank you, Danny, for contributing because since I am not a gamer, I will repeat again. I hope but, I helped. <laughs> yes. Um, but I do find the area to be really interesting right now because of everything that's going on in it. So I hope to have some more podcasts in the future and you don't want to miss a single one. I um, will be covering all this kind of area and you can get us every week on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe on SoundCloud and I know many of you are on Spotify, which is almost like another innovator disruptor right now um, in this kind of in these areas so Spotify you can find us as well as all the other great platforms for podcasts but get us somewhere because you don't want to miss a single episode and I'll be back again next week with some more stocks this material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment legal accounting or tax advice or a recommendation to buy sell or hold a security do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal tax or accounting counsel publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship no recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor it should not be assumed that any investments in securities companies sectors or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.